Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Alrighty, folks, we got to have an adult conversation. We do this from time to time. We are going to create a message for the employees. I believe what's happening right now is more and more employees are having hallway conversations, water cooler talks about layoffs and rips and who's going to get it, who's not, and, and all of that. I was that employee 25 years ago. Then I was the executive who had to make the hard choices. And we have the one and only CEO of Hamlane, Dana, to have this discussion. How you doing, Dana? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. I don't know if this is happening in your world, but I'm assuming this is happening across the country. People are seeing layoff notices. They are getting nervous. They are obviously probably concerned for themselves. What would be your message to set employees either at Hemlane or maybe more generic across the board? As we all, I mean, it's no question. I think we're heading into a recession. How deep, how long, all yeah. of that can be debated, but uh, we're, we're heading into the bad times. The good times are over. We're going to have a little bit of the bad times, but you know, it won't last forever. Uh, yeah. What's the message? So there's a, two different messages that I, I would actually three, I should say, I'm going to start with the third one and then go to the, the two most important. Um, okay. There's three messages that I would give. The first one is that you need to be in the right job at the right company. There are certain in a bull run, there's certain like, hey, we'll just have a ton of people in this company, right? Um, and just figure it out. And if you are not a subject matter expert at what you're doing, if you're there, but don't really like, it's not even your passion, the industry or something like that. It makes it a lot easier of a decision, right? To say, okay, potentially this person shouldn't be here. So the first thing I would leave you with is like, find your passion, the thing that wakes you up in the morning, because everything else is so much easier. If you're passionate about what you do, you come to work every day, um, you're excited about it and you're good at it because I, I was once told this was a McKinsey consultant. People like doing what they're good at. And I think that's true because if yeah. you're good at it, then you get that, um, um, all of that. And yeah, from everyone every day, you're so good at what you're doing, et cetera. So um, the first thing I would say is like, obviously find your passion. Um, but there are two other things that I would say, um, that you really need to focus on. And the first thing is, um, uh, the first one is understanding your company itself. Mm -hmm. How is your company doing? How much, like they, these questions are questions you should ask. How much burn, uh, how much are you burning? How much cash flow do you have for the next week, months, or sorry, um, for the next year? It's like, is it a two-year runway? Is it a one-year runway? And how are we growing? What does our revenue look like? Will we be able to raise that next round? So all of that is like the first most important thing. If you find your company is not in a good position, like month over month revenue is declining, you look at, you are on the earnings call of the IPO and the stock's not doing well. That's where then you say, hey, my whole department could be cut. And it, it has nothing to do with me. It's just the department. That's where you just start having intro conversations, intro conversations with other companies just to learn a little bit more. 
just to say, hey, not really looking for a job right now, but kind of curious to know what you have. And when you're not looking for a job, companies want you. When you are yeah. looking for a job, companies don't want you. Like yeah. it, it's one of those things where it's like you want what you can't have. And yeah. so you should ha start having those conversations. So that's the first one is really understanding the like health of the company. Then the second thing is understanding the health of your position, because there are certain things where you might be, let's just say on a product launch that maybe failed. The company's doing great, but your product's not doing well, or your team's not doing well. That is the other time that a company says, oh, we're going to have to flip the switch on this team and make a hard decision just because we know we're going into a recession. And so that is where you really want to ask those questions of like, how is our team doing? How am I doing to your boss? Like, what are the metrics that I am supposed to be benchmarked against? And how am I doing against those? How is our team doing against the metrics that have been set? And so it's both at the company health level, as well as the team health level that you have to look at. Because of course, no one wants to let go of people. No one wants to um, have these layoffs, right? But it, it comes down to what is the best for your career? And is this the best place for you? Is your department the best for this company? And analyzing that. And so I would say, you know, part of your time when you get off work, whether it's 5 or 6 p.m., is doing some analysis on that and setting yourself up for those conversations or to do more research on your company. Like how many people listen to the earnings call of their company? I bet at these large corporations, it's probably less than like 10, 15 percent. Oh, it's less than one percent. Come on. Maybe less, less than one percent. Yeah, you've got you've got Wall Street on those calls and, and no one else. You've these bankers on those calls and no one else. And so that's where it's like, listen to your earnings call. Look at the stock. Look at just you can download if you're at a public company, you can download your financial statements. Mm -hmm. What is our revenue this quarter? What was our revenue last quarter? What was our revenue the quarter before? And what was it last year? And you can look at the trends over time. And then you can look at the stock and what is what's happening and what's going on. And so that will make a lot of those decisions. And I've been in that position. It's a terrible position. But one of my first jobs in finance was sitting there at a company I worked for and redlining people's names. And I didn't know who oh. they were. I yep. did not know who they were. It was just my job to go through. Yep. And I didn't even have their performance reviews. It was just that department was getting cut and it was redlining the names and having a huge layoff there. And that's yeah. a position you never want to be in. Um, and so really understanding how your department is performing, et cetera. Um, the other thing I, I have to say is the closer you are to revenue, the better. Um, I know you've been into that sales position, uh, Michael, but the closer you are to revenue, the more stability you have on that job because the revenue is the number that matters. Now, in this time and this day and age, more people worry about gross margin. There's also on the expense side and operations and efficiency, but revenue does like revenue helps solve a lot of those expense mm -hmm. problems. So if yeah. revenue is growing, it helps with anything on the expense side. And so that would be the other thing I'd leave you with. But yeah, listen to your earnings calls. Yeah. Understand what's going on with your company. Understand what's going on with your department. Does the head of your department get along with the, yeah. you know, uh, with the executive team? If not, like you know that type of thing. So start to start to ask and answer those questions, and or you won't have the exact answers, but you might have a hypothesis on it. 
and that will help set you up. And it also eases your anxiety. If you've like, every time you're like worried about your job, if you go and put it in Excel and say like, here are the facts, here is, here's what I have. It suddenly reduces that anxiety of, am I going to be let go? It's like, Oh, I reduced the probability because the company's doing well, stock is going up, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things that I'll, that I'll add to that. So one, all of that is wonderfully said. First, when I go back and I think about the first real recession I went through as an individual contributor, uh, you're right. Get close to revenue, be a top producer. You know, revenue cures a lot of things. But um, even before I was in sales, I was actually an accountant and uh, we had a little hiccup. At, at, I worked at Quantum, the old disk drive company, and there was a little hiccup in technology for some reason one quarter. We had a small layoff. And what I would tell you when we we had those discussions, the the managers were saying, who could take on more work? Because you know what what I uncovered in that situation is there were some individuals that were really, really good at one thing, mm-hmm. but the managers needed to find people that were more flexible and could take on more challenges, right? Do a, a role and a half. Yeah. And that is that, you know, and again, sometimes it, you know, people get very, I don't know, almost ego-based, like I'm the best at X. Well, if you're only doing X and they need somebody to do Y and X. Yeah. You might get cut and be and be totally shocked, yeah, by that. So, I I would tell people going into this right, get close to revenue, be a top producer. You know, generally protected. Uh, but if you're not in a role that's kind of directly connected to revenue, be somebody who's doing other things, skilling up in other areas. Uh, because when managers make those decisions, the work still has to get done. Yeah, and if you're that person that can take on something else your chances go up. So that's the first thing. Now I'll go back to being an executive in a nasty recession. Um, and in, in, you know, we're both in the Silicon Valley and this is going to piss off a lot of engineers and product managers. Trust me, your next great widget, your next great thing that's all burn, no revenue can get cut in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I know you think you're the future of the company. Trust me, an accountant sitting on the sidelines doesn't care. If you're burning millions and millions of dollars on X, it will be an easy, brain dead simple to cut your entire department, project, whatever. And I get notes from engineers all the time. I talk about this. You don't understand, Michael. We're the next great thing. You can't replace us, blah, blah, blah. Baloney. We're going into recession. You'll all burn. Your project can start later and I'll go find new people. Stop yeah. being so arrogant. Get close to core revenue, core yeah. revenue. Yeah, it's it's such a good point. And just the mentality of how you, how every single day you present yourself to the company. If you're like, hey, I only do this. I'm off at three or four because I've gotten that thing done. You are, you do run a risk, especially at these companies that aren't doing well and have to make those decisions. And, you know, I've been there. I I remember when I was 23 and my entire team got laid off at a company, they gave me five people's jobs to do just because I was the cheapest labor. I was the youngest person there. It wasn't about you. It's just that you were cheap. I was cheap and I could do four people's jobs because I was going to work investment banking hours for them. I didn't care. I wanted to succeed and prove myself. And I had this mentality of I'll do it at all costs. And so from that perspective, 
when they make those cuts, they're thinking about your personality. Are you the first one in the office, the last one to leave, taking on more work, et cetera? Because if a manager is told, this happens especially at larger companies, um, I've seen if a manager, or sorry, it's usually like at the VP level, yeah. hey, you have to cut 25 to 30% of your team. Yeah, they it's get gonna, told a number. They just get told yeah. a number. Or they yeah. get told like a salary number they have to yeah. cut. Yeah, like yeah it's total, this, right, yeah. And it's like, great, they could cut like 20 days that like make nothing because they're just starting out in their career that wouldn't do anything or a lot of that management they could cut and just give someone like, you know, the Danas of the world 10 times the amount of work. And they'll make those decisions nine times out of 10 um, that, hey, okay, who is going to take on more? Who's going to be a go-getter, et cetera. And so make sure you do have that go-getter mentality as well. Um, if you're one of those people having that Kool-Aid talk of like, oh, you know, the company, I can't believe they they want me to work until 6 uh -huh. p.m. and this and yeah. that. Like it gets around. It definitely gets around and um, it's not going to look good for you. So make sure you and that goes back to that first point I had. Make sure you're passionate about it. If you yeah. go to work and you're miserable every day, like that shouldn't be the job that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sign. Yeah. And at the end of the day, life is about being happy. It's something I've come to appreciate the older yeah. I get. And uh, th this could be a time, you know, a layoff could actually be a great thing for both parties, right? You can go find your next thing, your next passion, and uh, kind of be, be it, it, it can be a good thing. So, folks, at the end of the day, we're in it. The bad times never last. Good thing is bad times are much shorter than the good times. But winter is here. Get prepared. Dana, where can people find you and follow what the great folks at Hemlane are doing? Yeah, you can go to www.hemlane.com and just, um, we have a free trial on there. Uh, mention one rental at a time, of course, um, and try it out, whether it's um, you have a, a rental vacancy, whether you're just looking to collect rent or whether you're looking for repair coordination. Um, we do property management um, for you, provide you both the software and the services. Folks, if you are a one rental at a time fan in recent view, or just go get the 30-day trial. It's nothing. Go, go practice being a landlord. You hear me say it all the time. This is the time to get prepared. One of that thing is practice. Hemlane gives you a 30-day trial. In my free course, Dana has a PDF with how to do it. And if you're in the paid course, she's actually done a video series of how to walk through the product. Dana, thank you so much. Again, hemlane.com. Tell them you came from one rental at a time or Zuber and you get 20% off the first year. Thanks, Dana. Take care. Great. Thanks so much.